0: that's going on. But there is a lot going on um, this morning. It is Christmas morning. It is fabulous to be here. Once every seven years, we come together as the church on Christmas Day. And I suspect there's probably many people watching in their pajamas at home. Thank you guys for uh, watching online. But uh, there is a great group here this morning that has come to worship together in the gathering of believers, and we praise God for that. I believe God has a message for us this morning. Uh, We are in this series, The Gift, as Christ is the greatest gift to us. The Son of God coming down from heaven to earth to save us from sin, the greatest story ever told, the greatest gift ever given. Last night we talked about this, the inexpressible gift of God. And this morning we will look at the wise men who present their gifts to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The first <clears throat> the first chapter of our series, we looked at Psalm 68. As Psalm 68 speaks of this divine warrior who conquers sin and death and now receives gifts from men. <clears throat> Remember how we saw how God is referring us back. David, through the Lord, is, is referring us back to the salvation of God's people in Egypt and how the plunder was given to God's people. And then they present their gold, their jewelry, their clothing unto the Lord to build the tabernacle, the dwelling place of God. We saw last week in Ephesians 4 how God also gives gifts to men in reference to the building of the church as God gives spiritual gifts to men. Men and women of God in his church to build up the body of Christ. So this morning we see these wise men from the east who come to King Jesus and they lay down these treasures because he is worthy. One of the lines that caught me while I was reading, meditating on Psalm 68 was the line. Let me read it to you. You ascended on high, leading a host of captives in your train and receiving gifts among men, even among the rebellious, that the Lord God may dwell there. Even among the rebellious. And this is where we get our title this morning, The Enemies of God Offer Gifts. The Magi, the wise men, are very unexpected to be the gift givers unto the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And as we'll see later as we study this together, the enemies of God offer gifts to the king. So let's read it together in Matthew chapter two, verse one. (coughs) If you'll stand with me in the reading of God's word, Matthew chapter two, verse one. Matthew two, verse one. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, that's what we're celebrating this morning, right? In Christmas day of Judea in the days of Herod. The king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? (coughs) Excuse me. For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, What time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. And after listening to the king, they went on their way and behold the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. You can be seated. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning, the true gift that you have given to us, which is Christ, and we celebrate that today. And Father, help us to be wise men and women of God who present what we have unto the Lord God Almighty, because he is worthy of our worship and all of our praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, we're going to do a poll this morning, all right? <clears throat> so the poll is, who in this room got a good gift this morning? Raise your hand if you got a good gift, an excellent gift, all right? All right I see a few hands, some other hands maybe didn't raise, so that's okay, there's still time in the day. <clears throat> but who got a gift that they were like, well, I really didn't need that one. It's okay. I mean, it's nice. The thought was nice. But I really didn't need that one. I, I got one of those. I'll raise my hand. Anybody else get a gift? They thought, "Ah, oh, you know, it was okay. But I didn't need that gift. Okay, there's only like two hands raised. That's all right. Everybody else got the perfect gifts, I know, or they were just scared to admit it. But there are really two ways to look at the king who is born. One is that he is the greatest gift and that we are willing to lay down everything for that gift of knowing this Christ. And we see that in the Magi this morning. Or some look at at the gift of Christ as we see Herod this morning and many of the Jews who didn't think much of this baby born in Bethlehem in a manger. You know, it's so interesting to me in this story that Herod is told of King Jesus, the Messiah, by these Gentiles from the east, and he himself doesn't even go and look for the Christ. What about the scribes and the Pharisees who understand the scriptures? Why aren't they looking for him? Why aren't they going to him? It's such an interesting picture. We see God's people, those who are God's chosen people, come to him. They worship the King Jesus and they lay down their gifts before him. Let me ask you another question since we're in this question mood. How far would you be willing to go to give someone a gift? How far would you be willing to go? Think about that. Think about a world without Amazon, without UPS. How far would you be willing to walk to give someone a gift? I can remember packing a whole box, a whole bag of Oreos and fruit snacks for a family in Mozambique. That's probably the the furthest I've ever gone to actually hand someone a gift. They were in Mozambique, they were a missions family. And they said, can you bring for our kids fruit snacks and Oreos? Yes, we can, we can do that. So we packaged a whole bag of fruit snacks and Oreos and brought it on the plane with us and dropped it off in Mozambique. Now, we don't know exactly how far the Magi traveled, but some commentators believe that they traveled up to 9,000 miles, meaning 10 miles a day, pace on camels. It could have taken them two years to get to King Jesus. That's a long time. That is a long journey. Imagine that. Two years traveling on foot and camels to present gifts to a king. What a beautiful picture. The Gentiles, who were once enemies of God, now coming from the east to bring extravagant gifts to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Let's read uh, verse one with us. <clears throat> now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. This is our first point this morning. Wise men seek Jesus. Wise men seek Jesus. Let's talk about these wise men for a minute. In the Greek, it is it is the term magoi, magai, magoi. <laughs> Which usually the word actually derives, we get the word magic or magician from this term. These these men were probably the same group or similar to the group that Daniel was lumped into when he was in exile in Babylon. He was a dream interpreter. He spoke with God. They didn't know where to lump him. So they lumped him with these magi, interpreting the dreams for the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. Let me read for you in Daniel chapter five, as Daniel is elevated over these wise men to be the head of the wise men. Daniel chapter 5, verse 11, there is a a man in your kingdom in whom the spirit of the holy gods in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians, the enchanters, Chaldeans, and astrologers, because an excellent spirit, knowledge and understanding to interpret dreams, explain riddles... And solve problems were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called and he will show you the interpretation. So Daniel was placed in charge of these wise men, these astrologers, meaning they studied the stars. These enchanters, these magicians or magi, if you will these wise men in Babylon, and eventually would become Persia as Daniel would be elevated in the kingdom of Persia under King Darius. Now, both Persia and Babylon are, interestingly enough, in the east. And Daniel was head of these magi. So certainly there is a connection here as why they come to King Jesus from the Old Testament scriptures as they present gifts to the king. But when we look at these type of individuals throughout the whole of scripture, they're most of the time looked upon as against God, as enemies of God. We're introduced to these people at the very beginning in the time of Moses, when these magicians actually counterfeit the first few plagues of the Lord against the Egyptians. Remember, Moses throws down the staff and it turns into a serpent, Moses and Aaron. And in Exodus chapter seven, verse 11, the Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers and they, the magicians of Egypt, also did the same by their secret arts. For each man cast down his staff and they became serpents, but Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. So interestingly enough, we find that these magi are against God. They set themselves against God. The magi in Daniel's day are the ones that throw him into the lion's den. They wind up eating themselves. Again, they line up against God. In the New Testament, the same is true of Simon the magician. In Acts chapter 8, he is seen as against God because he can. He thinks that he can purchase the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 13, we, we meet another person who is Ilymus the magician, who is in opposition to Paul as he presents the gospel on the Isle of Cyprus. Let me read that for you. Acts chapter 13, verse 8. But Ilamis, the magician, for that is the meaning of his name, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith, but Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you and you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. Immediately mist and darkness fell upon him and he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. So these magi, these magicians, these enchanters, these diviners set themselves against the Lord. The Bible does not look favorably on this type of person. And they are from the east, which means that they are either Babylonians, remember the exile, they're Persians, remember Esther, or they're Assyrian, remember Jonah. So they are enemies of God. But they seek the king. They knew his star had risen, and they came to worship him. Look at verse 2. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? They know that he has been born. For we saw his star, and how do they know? They know because of the star when it rose and have come to worship him. So they match the star with Jesus. Most likely, they know the timeline produced in the book of Daniel, the 70 weeks produced in Daniel chapter nine. They know the time has come because they have seen the star, the Messiah that the Old Testament is pointing us to, they know. So where is this star connected with Jesus' coming? Well, long ago, a Magi-like character, I saw one commentator say that many believe that he started the realm of the Magi from the east, actually from Moab, <clears throat> would offer a prophecy about a star and the king who would come because the star came. His name was Balaam. That's right, the guy who the donkey rebukes, okay? If you know your Bibles, you know that the donkey spoke to Balaam, the guy who was hired to curse Israel and ended up blessing them. This is what he says, Numbers twenty-four, fifteen. And he took up his discourse and said, The oracle of Balaam, the son of Beor, the oracle of the man whose eye is opened, the oracle of him who hears the words of God and knows the knowledge of the Most High, who sees the vision of the Almighty, fallen down with his eyes uncovered. I see him. This is what he says I see him, but not now. I behold him but not near, listen to it, a star shall come out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab, break down all the sons of Sheth. Edom shall be dispossessed. Seer also, his enemies, shall be dispossessed. Israel is doing valiantly. He says a star shall come out of Jacob A scepter shall rise from Israel. The scepter is the ruling of of a king. The ruling scepter of a king. And these magi understand that the king will come when the star is shown. They have ancient writings. They have prophecies. They have astrology. They have charts. And now they are in search of a king. Guess what we do? All we have to do is pick up and read the Bible, right? (laughs) That's all we have to do is read the word to seek the king. Read it in search of Jesus. Will you do that in 2023? Will you read the word in search of the king? You see, wise men, they seek Jesus. They know that he is king and they seek him. We don't need to, all the charts and astrology and stars. and We just need to open the word of God. They will do anything to find him. How far are we willing to go? Look at verse three with me. <clears throat> When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, this is Micah chapter five, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you, They went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. This is our second point this morning. Wise men, they not only seek the king, but they know the scriptures that point to the king. They know the scriptures that point to Jesus. Herod, interestingly enough, is an Edomite. Jacob and Esau. Jacob I loved. Esau I hated. Herod is a descendant of Esau. He is a poser king over Israel. He is not the true king. And the King makers, these magi, come for the true king of Israel. So interesting. Edom is on top of Israel as Herod is elevated to the status of king. The scribes and the chief priest they quote Micah 5 two, but instead of going themselves, they think it's not a big deal. Nothing from Bethlehem could be a big deal. I mean, we haven't heard about the king being born in the last two years. Yet the scriptures all point to the Christ, the king. We've seen that through this year. If you've been with us at Northwest, we've seen all of the Old Testament pointing us to Christ. It's almost as if the Magi had read and studied the Old Testament. You know what I'm saying? When you see what they do, when you see how they understand the text, most likely it's been brought down from the days of Daniel to them to understand the prophecies about the Messiah, specifically from the prophet Isaiah. Why? Why? because they bring the exact gifts in which Isaiah prophesies about the coming Messiah. Isaiah chapter 60, verse one. Arise, shine, for your light has come, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And the nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together as they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. That's from Isaiah chapter 60. They're bringing from Sheba Remember when the queen of Sheba brought extravagant gifts to the son of David, who is Solomon? That was a picture of what will happen in the future as the true son of David is born from Sheba. These magi bring extravagant gifts as they bring good news. And what do they bring? Gold and frankincense. They not only know about the star, they bring the exact gifts that were prophesied about. They know that this king is Messiah, and how do they know that, how do I think that they know that? Why, because of their gifts that they bring. They've read Isaiah chapter seven, verse 14, that his name will be called Emmanuel, God with us, and we see this represented by the gold the gold representing the the royalty, and the frankincense representing Christ's divinity. As they read the Old Testament scriptures, they understand these gifts as meaning of who this king truly is, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, Emmanuel, God with us. I'm convinced that the wise men knew The scriptures. Do you know Christ through the scriptures? Because if we know Christ like the wise men knew Christ, we would respond in great sacrificial ways just as the wise men did. These wise men presented these extravagant gifts to the king because they knew Jesus was. Worthy. We as the church present our lives to the Lord because we know Christ is worthy. We offer our lives as living sacrifices, as spiritual acts of worship to the King. The wise men are responding to who Christ is. Will you do that this morning? We're almost done here. We got one more point. And here it is. Verse 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary's mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. This is our third point this morning. Wise men offer gifts to the king. Wise men offer gifts to the king. We've we've talked about the gold, the frankincense, but why the myrrh? We know that it often represented death. It was often a representation in the death. It was was brought about through the spices of death. And it also represents Christ's humanity. They offer the myrrh because they knew what Jesus would come to do. The king who is God, but also human, who would give his life upon a cross for you and for me. The myrrh, I believe, also came from their understanding of the scriptures, specifically Isaiah. As they knew that the king, this king, God's king, would come to suffer for his people. Isaiah 53 is that clear picture. So as I read it, I want you to put yourself in the Magi's shoes 2,000 years ago, knowing the way in which this king would also suffer. For sinners, you and me, here it is. Let me read it to you. Let me let it wash over your soul as you're reminded of the murder in which is presented to this little child, Jesus, as these magi know what is going to happen in Jesus's life. Isaiah 53, who has believed what he has heard from us By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made him his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he poured out his soul to death and he was numbered with the transgressors yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. I wanted to read you that because I wanted you to understand depth of the wisdom and knowledge of God that he gives to those who seek after him. The wise men sought Jesus and they found him. They sought the scriptures And they found him. And they knew him. And they presented their gifts unto him because he was worthy of those gifts. So this Christmas 2022, let us not forget that King Jesus is worthy to be presented all that we have unto him, that we may be a church in which gives freely our lives to be offerings for the king to build his kingdom and his church for all eternity because he is king. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you as we look at the enemies of God who are now the friends of God. Because of the sacrifice of Christ, we are able to present our gifts to the King of kings and Lord of lords, our life, all that we have. We come before you this morning as a people who are reminded of your love for us, who are reminded of your steadfast love, which you presented, Father, the greatest gift of the baby who would be born in Bethlehem. The good news of great joy that we would have peace among all men as a result of Christ and the sacrifice of Christ may we have peace this morning as we remember the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords the great King Jesus himself